There are so many amazing free plugins available for download right now to help you with your production and mixing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash plugins to download and get access to a bunch of free and premium plugins on Plugin Boutique. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK. And today I have a very important topic that I wanted to talk about, something that's been on my mind for, dare I say, years. And this is the first time that I feel like I'm trying to officially articulate this in uh, for the public's ear. And part of this is meant to be a little bit provocative. It's meant to be especially motivational. And I want to emphasize and preemptively emphasize that um, throughout this episode, I'm really hoping that this becomes uh, an episode that you repeat every once in a while to remember what's important for you and to figure out what you value and what you think is important um, and how you can align your core, you know, your, your, desires and even your spirit, your soul or whatever you believe in to, uh, to align with what you want and what you think is best for the world. This episode is, I'm, I'm not sure what to title it yet. I'll figure it out eventually, but um, is about the purpose of creativity, the purpose of what it means to be a creative and how you can use your creativity for the positive of this world. I want to start off this podcast by mentioning that 
Um, this year for the Grammys, I took my wife. I was inducted as a Grammy member, voting member, a couple years ago. And uh, last year I took Lou. We went together. Um, this year, uh, Lou was also inducted last year, so he was able to get his own tickets, but he was unable to go. Um, and this time I took my wife. And she had never really seen anything like that. In fact, it's it's pretty awesome that we had the opportunity to do anything like that. So it was a cool opportunity. We got to meet a lot of uh, very influential people. I met Pharrell. <laughs> I uh, met, uh, you know, some cool cats, people that have been on the show. You know, been trying to get Baines on the show. We saw him there. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll get him on eventually. He's been very, um, very positive about it. He's just a busy guy. But... Uh, during the Grammys, if you haven't looked it up already, it wasn't that big of news, but still something that when it happened live in person, I just already saw the headlines. Um, I want to emphasize, this is specific to this situation, but I I do want to bring up that, especially something like this, where I grew up very religious. I still am religious, very Christian to this day. And, um, but not like crazy, like my parents were, where I, I uh, I admit that I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's true, but uh, I hope that the things that I believe in are true. You know, that's, just, that's what faith is supposed to be. We won't get into that. But anyway, um, there, in the headlines or on Twitter or on Facebook, you may have seen uh, Sam Smith win a Grammy and then also perform with Kim Petras uh, Unholy Live. Now, the song is really cool, and it's kind of controversial to begin with, I guess, kind of, barely. We, we've kind of gone past that. Um, but I think the most controversial part was the imagery of he was wearing red with, sat- like, a top hat with satanic horns, and Ken Petrus was on the stage surrounded by fire and red backlight uh, in a cage surrounded by demons or people, dancers dressed up as demons, and and when it was happening, it was spectacular. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, I thought it was one of the most visually impressive and provoking uh, performances of the night. I mean, the, o- the other really impressive performance, and this is a big shout out to Questlove, was the 50 Years of Hip Hop. Yeah, you should look that up on YouTube. The 50 Years, if you're a fan of hip hop, the 50 Years of Hip Hop cor- commemorative uh, uh, video or performance by so many iconic rappers and groups uh, put together by Questlove was phenomenal. You should check that out. Um, But the Sam Smith one especially stuck out to me because it aligned with what I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, Actually, not the Sam Smith performance, but more so the speech Madonna gave before he went up, or they went up, sorry, uh, before Sam Smith went up onto the stage. Madonna started off and was trying to introduce the act and started off by saying, who's ready for some controversy? And everybody got riled up. Everybody in the audience is, woo, yeah, cool. And she said something that I think is incredibly important, especially as a preface to this controversial performance, potentially controversial performance. And I think it is incredibly Important. I, I'm. I wrote down the quote, and I'm gonna kind of. Uh, I'm gonna kind of uh, summarize here. But she said, "Quote: If they call you shocking, scandalous, troublesome, problematic, provocative, 
or even dangerous, then you are on to something. There's something about being creative that is incredibly important to the progress of this world. Let me read you another quote. This is one of my favorite quotes. I may have shared this quote in the past, and I keep this on my phone. It was one of my favorite quotes. This is from writer George Bernard Shaw uh, back in the early 20th century. He said, The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. In the world, we, we often get pushed down, whether it's by our parents, family, friends, um, even our own egos. We, get, we are told to stay within the box. The, the nail, in Japanese, we say the nail that sticks out is the one that gets hammered, right? And uh, we want to, it's, it's better, more appropriate, it's more reasonable to adapt yourself to the world. And I think that goes a long way. I think that actually does a lot of good in a lot of ways. But I do think that that sort of mindset creates the least amount of progress. I'm not even going to get into politics, but let's, so let's talk about art, something that we can all see and look back on historically. When I brought up time and time again in the past that during the days of Impressionism and Cubism, when these, uh, let's say, Monet or Manet would, would put out these art exhibitions and tents out in the street and people would come in during their early years and would have genuine, visceral reactions. They were emotionally distraught by oil on canvas and the way that it was, to them, unprofessionally, just uncharacteristically, un- like unreasonably, even uh potentially blas like like blasphemy like how would you why would you do something like this and call it art and people were upset and and i like to talk about this because at the end of the day we all recognize now i mean they sell cubist and impressionism impressionist art like <laughs> pollux even like kind of that sort of splatter art uh, on instagram for like you can you can get one for free from a friend if you wanted to like it's just so normalized now but there was a time when it wasn't normal and they were, there were these people that were famous for being crazy. Crazy enough to do something, delusional enough to do something so out of the norm that it made people upset. And they didn't give up on themselves. They believed in the art. Maybe even so, they were only thinking about themselves and doing things that they enjoyed. Either way, they changed the perspective of the average worldly person to be more accepting. To, of various forms of expression, of talent, allowing people to interpret the way they view the world differently. Maybe even springing up more deep culture, culture with, even within painting and not. Maybe even going as far as to having some sort of global impact into acceptance of any kind, especially around visual arts. It pushes boundaries. It pushed boundaries, but now it has become normalized. I think this is incredibly important. I think even something as simple as art pushes boundaries in ways that 
does dive into things that matter in our day-to-day life. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently, uh, specifically the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Labs, which he's a neurobiologist at Stanford. Um, a lot of other educational podcasts, uh, Modern Wisdom by Chris, uh, even even some comedy ones. I've been loving Theo Vaughn uh, this past weekend. Anyway, uh, it was really impressive that someone that is so known to be a tough alpha male like Joe Rogan, who who's been part of you know the fighting scene, he when he talks about gay marriage, we've progressed so far along that even someone like him, who moved away from California, moved to Texas to get away from this left wing progressive mindset, still cannot comprehend or understand anybody who doesn't support gay marriage does and and this is and it's not even i don't want to talk about the politics of it but rather so i just want to talk about the ideology of something like that where gay marriage was so far beyond what was okay and acceptable a few decades ago is now something that even someone like him considers common sense when a decade or two ago, it was blatantly crazy. Even within my short lifespan, it was blatantly crazy. And it still is to many people. That's how I feel like culture quickly changes all the time. And it's very important. We won't know if allowing, we can assume, and I think that there's good assumptions here, but we won't know the negative or positive impact of allowing something like gay marriage um, until it happens. We just don't know. We can guess. We can do our, our best historical studies. But th- when we venture into new un- unmapped territories, relatively speaking, and, and, and in within this modern landscape, this modern setting, because, you know, uh, talking about the Greeks or, or other things and, <laughs> you know, it's not really it's not really a good comparison. Um, it's not within the, the general modern mindset. Um, but when we talk about these things, I, I do. There's a lot of progress that can be made potentially for the good. And there's been many things for the good. Even the idea of washing your hands before you perform surgery. That was at the time when that was created. I remember reading and uh, reading that that was a crazy like nobody thought that that would actually make any sort of difference. But ever since these surgeons and doctors wash their hands before surgery, uh, the death rate in surgery went down dramatically. And and now it's so common sense, but they were thought as crazy in the beginning stages. You know, things like this. It is, it is without a doubt. Creatives are without a doubt, one of the most important members of society, one of the most outcast member of the society, one of the most misunderstood members of society. And that's what we are as music. Musicians and artists, singers are only one small faction of creatives as a whole. Uh, Entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur and a starter of a business, creating businesses is also a very highly important uh, part of creativity. Um, You need to be creative to start your own business. That's that's something that uh, Jordan Peterson talks a lot about. 
There's a, actually, going into Jordan Peterson, there's something that I recommend you all watch and listen to. Jordan Peterson has an hour-long lecture in Canada speaking with a professor um, of fine arts or the museum curator for the Fine Arts Museum in Canada, something like that, where there are two guys on a stage talking about creativity, the psychology of creativity and the roles that creativity play within ourselves as individuals, as well as within society. It is incredibly important, I believe, uh, especially as a creative to listen to, to dive deep into. There's been, I've quoted that lecture many times, including Jordan Peterson saying that most people are not creative and most people shouldn't try to be. meaning that uh, many people, uh, a majority of people would probably be happier not losing everything for something that they think they love. <laughs> you know, they, they, most people would probably be happier statistically if they kept their day job and had structure than uh, people. There are very few crazy people in this world that love chaos and unreliable income. <laughs> You know, I'm joking here, but uh, Jordan Peterson, in a different podcast interview, he he spoke about creativity, and he said, um, "Creatives are eighty percent of the time, eighty to ninety percent of the time, incorrect. They're wrong. Sometimes it can be dangerous. They're so wrong that it's dangerous. But the, the but the five to ten percent of the time that creatives are right." that something that they say is extreme is right, is so much more valuable than the potential harm that they can cause by being wrong most of the time. Most of us as artists, so let's put it in the perspective of musicians, 90 to 95% of songs that are written by us, and, and, and even, even within our own catalog, kind of aren't that great. <laughs> don't really provoke anybody. Don't really generate any sort of thought or or generate provoke um individual opinion it's not very useful it's just aesthetic and i think that as being having aesthetic art is is useful in its own sense but then there's the five percent of songs that we do write or the five percent of artists out there that continue to write songs make movies music videos create dances, create businesses that change the world for the better. And there are times where extremely controversial, extremely provocative creatives are doing something that may seem, that may seem dangerous from a conservative's standpoint. And I'm talking not, uh, not uh, from a politically conservative, but uh, uh, intru- uh, what is it, value-wise. Their values are much more conservative. Their, their mindset and common sense is a lot more conservative, which is understandable. Very practical, pragmatic way of looking at life. Um, they may see that as this, this progressive or, or creative mindset, thought process is dangerous. Even with, with all the dangerous things out there that are genuinely, objectively incorrect, it is still worth the 5, 10, five to 10% of progress that can be made from from the very few times that a crazy creative is right, happens to be right. It's worth it. 
There's a, I forgot who, who says this, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but there's another quote that death to a creative is normal. Um, whether you've been seen as bad or whether you've been seen as good, the worst thing that can happen to you is to be seen as normal. Um, I do think that many artists that I work with, many creatives that I work with in, in many fields outside of music, struggle a lot with allowing themselves to do what they really feel inside. This is a very commonplace topic that we talk about, about allowing, you know, just being true to yourself. You know, I'm not going to go into that because it is, it is such a normal, just talked about over, over again. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of deeper truth to that than we realize. I do see a lot of artists that struggle to really let themselves out. They try their very best, but every song that they write, it's almost like they're shaving away their outer shell that they're born with. And every song that they write, every step that they take allows them to be a little bit more themselves. I mean, even as an artist myself, when I was growing up, it, it took a lot of songs written, a lot of shows performed for me to eventually figure out what I liked. Even I didn't know what I like, and I was the one writing the songs. And um, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. With practice, with time, we must, as creatives, it is our duty. It is, it is the duty that we have to society and humanity as a whole to, to provoke progress through being not crazy. I don't want to throw that word around necessarily, but to invoke thoughts outside of the box, to, to challenge traditional ideas. And you're probably, statistically speaking, you're probably going to be wrong. But being brave enough to know that you might be, to be smart enough and wise enough to know that if you are wrong, you can recognize and try something else, a different thought. Uh, something that I do all the time is I genuinely sit here in my own time and I have crazy thoughts that I know if I said out loud, people would think that I'm crazy, that I might get canceled for. But I love, I, I love allowing these thoughts to grow in my mind and to develop Shame, shamelessly, you know, allowing these thoughts to develop. And then, again, even saying these thoughts out loud to friends to, to allow them to judge my thoughts, to challenge me back. And sometimes I say some of the most ridiculous, stupid things that never should be repeated ever again. But every once in a while, I'll say something that provokes the, my friends. And we dive deeper into the next level of understanding. And it creates, there's a level of progress in a small, in a small scale that happens there. A deeper level of understanding for life, for loving ourselves, for good, that happens from something that can initially be seen as crazy. I invite anybody that's listening to the podcast right now, to allow yourself, give yourself the patience, the comfort to know that it is okay to go outside the box. It is okay to be provocative. It is okay to do something that you, what makes you and people around you uncomfortable as long as you think that it is good. 
even if it is selfishly so, if you selfishly think it is good, just trying things out. The dangers of cancel culture and, and, and calling people out for mistakes that people make is that we deny, we, we slow down progress by making people fearful, making people fearful of making more mistakes. Progress only comes from accelerated mistake making. I do believe that uh, wholeheartedly. And when we, especially as progressive, uh, stereotypically left-wing creatives, intellectuals, even, when we allow that sort of culture of, of a dangerous place for free thought, it's no longer a, it, it, we're kind of getting over the hump of cancel culture. People are starting to get tired of being sick and tired, which I think is a great place to be. Um, it's a good thing that, that, that opinions are free, man, because uh, the, cost, the cost of progress would be way too much if, if saying stupid things, making mistakes was not free. I, 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 this is kind of a slower episode. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to articulate everything that I've been thinking in a single episode. I'm, I'm really hoping that this is, this is coming to you, right? Let's go back to the exact example of Sam Smith. Now, I do think that using the imagery of Satan and demons is a lot more, it's a lot less provocative than it was in the 80s. There's an episode of the Things You Should Know, uh, Stuff You Should Know podcast, which I love, about Satanism, which I think you should, or, or the Satanic Panic of the 80s that I think is extremely uh, interesting. When uh, it was almost like witch hunting during the Salem witch trials, people were calling, uh, were, were blaming, pointing fingers at demons and Satan uh, for things that were completely, entirely not even religious but it became a scapegoat and allowed people to blame personal grievances and blame it on something that doesn't exist. Or, or sorry, not doesn't exist, but uh, um, I don't, I don't <laughs> that was the wrong way to put it, but something, something that was caused by man, even potentially a neighbor, was then blamed on, on something that we cannot see when it was obviously caused by uh, the bad choices of man someone that is you know that you can actually track down uh which is dangerous in itself right um but anyway uh it's the acdc you know being antichrist devil's child or whatever it was the whole satanic panic people saying i mean remember when was it twisted sister was called to court by crazy christian moms that said like hey that that song is about sex and oral sex and it's really bad but then he's like, yo, that song was about my, my, what was the, what was the, what was it? It's like, that song was about my bandmate getting his tonsils removed and you took it as oral sex. That's on you. That's not on me. And, and then she just shut they, you know, the whole court just like, it was, it was a stupid thing. It was a great publicity stunt, but it was, it was just a stupid thing. Anyway, um, this works. This is something that people do on purpose. <laughs> and the Sam Smith one um, I don't think it was as provocative as it would have been if it was like 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago even. Um, but the reason why people keep doing this and using satanic symbols is because it works. Because these Facebook moms will go out there 
and and genuinely tie these things to something in a, in a, to Satan in a way that is so roundabout and unbelievable. Literally, my mom is one of these people. My mom genuinely believes that the elite like like do human sacrifices and drink people's blood. Um, and not only does that show how disillusioned you are to reality, but also how how people are are that sort of social class is so distant and so far away from what you think is achievable what you instinctively believe is achievable that you you cannot relate to them anymore and they must be doing something insane or evil like imagine not being able to see yourself succeeding so much that you think that the people are succeeding in ways that are done evil like it's it's just mind blowing to me um Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of going on a tangent here. Um, but I do think that Sam Smith's performance was, although like kind of like low-hanging fruit, um, it's not as provocative as it, as it could have been. <laughs> it was just funny to say. Um, I think it's still a very smart move. And this is where I'm going to transition to the podcast into uh, challenging your listeners and artists. To do what Madonna says, if you can somehow align your personal values, what you believe is right, even if it is totally wrong, objectively wrong, I don't give a crap, like as long as you think it's right personally, subjectively you think it's right, and you align that and be able to present that idea brave enough, to be brave enough to present that idea in a way that is slightly dangerous, controversial, I think it can only help you. Um, now I think that there are extremes that can be taken incorrectly, but even when Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock, uh, he went up in followers on Instagram (laughs) by like a, like a a significant spike in his followership on Instagram, which is funny, you know, um, um, publicity, both wrong or bad is, is good publicity, right? Is, is kind of the phrase there. But then again, we see modern examples of like, dare I say Kanye, that it's just, it's, you're really kind of hugging the lines of, of net positive versus net negative. You know, I don't know if that was a net positive move. <laughs> I think that's safe to say that that was like a net, po- net negative, uh, uh, self-destructive way. But then again, some of his, like my brother, who's a deep fan of Kanye still like became a deeper fan of him. I, I don't know, but I, I can only, I don't have the data in front of me, but I can only assume that that was a net negative publicity stunt. And we must be careful about that. Um, but in general, it's very, very difficult to do something so extreme that you are just outcast without anybody anywhere in the world that doesn't agree with you in some sense. Even on Twitter, there was this this crazy idea. There's there's this lady on Twitter that was promoting um, integration, like this this crazy concept that no person in their right mind thought about. So I'm I'm not trying to promote this thought, but rather just acknowledge that it exists and talk about the existence of that. Even if you were so out of your mind, well, to me, out of your mind to say what this lady says, which is something along the lines of integration, racial integration obviously doesn't work. The more that that Asian, black, Hispanic, white people get together and try to integrate, the more racial tension it causes. It's obviously we've had enough time to to show that it doesn't work. Let's go back to segregation for the purpose of creating more peace. Whole, like when I read this or thought this and I looked into this, I, 
it was just like something, there was a part of my mind that have never, like, there's neural pathways that had never, ever been, like, the connected before. And I was just like, holy crap. And and it doesn't matter whether or not it's right or wrong. And, and I had, there's, and the point is not to promote this thought. I don't want people to think that that's okay way of thinking. But rather, um, even to this day, she gains followers all the time like if you say something so deranged and crazy that is i mean statistically speaking probably incorrect in the long term um but even if you say something as crazy as that there's going to be people that hear your thoughts and agree with you stand by your side maybe that's a really bad example because then i mean on a personal personal subjective belief system i don't think that that's correct and i think that that's pretty dangerous and you can say that even if you say something dangerous you can help rally people that think similarly dangerous things but then again maybe that that's important if we allow a thought to fester and to grow then it gives us the opportunity to to put the limelight and attention on a topic and to critically think about it to then uh, to then come as a society to to critique judge even even go through the scientific process of figuring out if this is methodically objectively incorrect and not good for society i I, so at the end of the day even if it does create um small subsects and groups of people that uh, uh seemingly take away from what feels like progress i do think that in the end of the day in the long term it could create progress Uh, i'm not at all uh, inviting you to think that way or at all promoting this thought. But it was just so interesting to me that a thought like that is like something that I know some listeners have like thought about it before. I I know that when it comes to racial tensions, we've, I've, I've been in many, like even college level classes that were about um, uh, racial tension and integration and trying to figure out, you know, pretty, pretty uh, cultural acceptance kind of classes that we talked on, not exactly in that way, but we talked about, uh, how we can further progress um, uh, interracial relationships uh, for progress. And, and you know, these, these are, that's an extreme way of thinking about it, but like um, these are things that we do think about. Like you, you would be dumb to admit, you'd be lying to admit that these kind of thoughts have never come across your mind. It's just crazy that someone said it out loud. This is why I love comedy so much. Uh, comedians are especially great at putting their careers on the line to say things that everybody has somehow thought about but have never dared to say out loud. And most of the time, these comparisons that and thoughts that these comedians are having are absolutely batshit wrong and crazy. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's still important to think about these ideas. <coughs> and then... Allowing these ideas to grow to then eventually determine holistically if they're good or bad. But we don't know. Even if, even if, if I think that the dumb thing, the low IQ thing to do is to hear a thought, no matter how crazy it is, and then shut it down immediately. I do think that in order for progress to be made, we have to let seemingly uh, incorrect thoughts, dangerous thoughts, allow them to at least give them time uh, within ourselves to to grow and to to um, find out if they do have a practical use. Now there are some thoughts that I do think are just genuinely not good, and 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 we're not going to go into that. 
Uh, for example, um, something that I know affects a lot of people within the creative space is thoughts of self-harm. Um, those things are extremely dangerous and, and you should, um, if it gets that bad, uh, call 911 or go to a doctor, go to a, a hospital. Um, but even if, even, even at the very least, see a therapist, uh, uh, these things are very, very important and are just incorrect um, or not beneficial for humanity as a whole, or at least for, man, I mean, that's such a touchy subject, right? Like death like that is, is, is so scary. I mean, but if you're listening to the podcast right now, if you're still listening, I I think that it's safe to say that I'm starting going on a tangent. We're not talking about music at all anymore, art at all anymore, but uh, you're allowing me to think thoughts out loud and then I'll probably listen to this episode in a year or two and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. But I'm probably not going to delete this episode more so to remind myself and to allow, show others that um, it's healthy to think and to to be creative. So going back to music and uh, as an artist, as a creative, I want to again uh, kind of Plant this seed within your mind to allow yourself to unapologetically be you, to unapologetically be unreasonable. And maybe, maybe one or two of you, maybe more, will change the world in a way that in a thousand years from now, we will look at our history books and and we cannot even believe that that's that's how we used to think. The idea of this is something that is that Americans talk about a lot because it was it's fairly recent. I mean, uh, um, is is owning the the owning of other human beings. Now we see that as obviously incorrect. Like it's it's been so many generations past when that was okay that it's just we can't even fathom or understand how that could have been a pragmatic solution at the time. You know, that it was that that was a way of thinking that was okay. We just can't even fathom that. Imagine being the type of creative that was bold enough to say something so crazy as to say that I don't think that that's right, which then incited civil war. The thought of not owning the of equal human rights was so crazy that we've that America as a country did something that we are not even I don't I don't know if we're that close to, but we can't even fathom doing now, which is killing each other within our own country to prove a point. It's crazy. I do, I do think that progress is dangerous, uh, can, can, is damaging, but only in the short term. Only in the short term. This is something that, that I've been thinking about. I, I do hope that, I do think that there are ways to create progress as musicians. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about doing music is that the way that we music incites change, inspires change, is, is very relatively safe. There's only so much provoking that you can do in a two to five minute song with, with thoughtfully crafted lyrics. And there's only a few people, fans of your music or of music in general, that, that take the time to sit down and actually dive deep into what you meant by your lyrics. Most creatives are overwhelmingly positive. Even Beyonce's album, 
uh, Sam Smith's album was overwhelmingly positive. Positive music about self-acceptance. Lizzo is on that shit right now. She's doing such a great job about self-acceptance. I do think that we, we are at a very interesting crossway for creatives as we, and I'm proud to be a musician here because it is such a positive creative outlet. In, in whole, I think, in the whole. And there's very little, few people, like when people hate musicians, it's not because of their music, it's usually because of the way they dress, the way they present themselves. Music is, has, has been my therapist, has probably been your therapist. And it can, and I, and I started doing music because I wanted to actually be a psychologist or a therapist and help people out. Um, as, as I've had mental health issues and I know many other people have and I wanted to help people but then I remember all of those years that I cuddled next to the radio listening to 96.3 in Chicago and, and, and just being healed by these R&B artists these pop artists being healed by them feeling like I know I could do another day at school that even if my grades are bad or that my friends are bad or, or something's going on, that I could make it another day. It was music. And music doesn't touch everybody like the way it did for me, for probably you. But it's a lot more scalable than treating one patient in therapy at a time. And that's why I became a musician. When it comes down to it, I wanted to do music because I thought it was scalable therapy. I can write one song that can forever change the life, even save the life of another human being, maybe even a couple dozen human beings. I want to end this episode with uh, a very uh, um, heartwarming story and also a story that uh, used to be pretty shameful for me, but I, st- I love to tell the story. It's very close to my heart. It's very real. I used to do open mic nights in Utah when I had a studio in Utah. And there was uh, a bunch of artists that came through. It was a hip-hop open mic night. The reason why we did hip-hop open mic night is because uh, swearing was not typically allowed in most venues or recording studios in Utah because it's Utah, you know. Don't, don't get me started on that. Um, so we want to do a hip-hop open mic night. It wasn't exclusive to hip-hop musicians or rappers. Um, it, was, it was just uncensored. But uh, the target marketing was for these rappers to come together and, and uh, you know, uh, promote hip-hop in a safe space. I don't like that word necessarily, but uh, in an inviting space. There you go. And uh, I remember there was one artist that sang an acoustic song. She performed on an acoustic guitar. It was almost folky. And this is after these rappers had done these bangers. She performed well, but I remember the entire time she was performing, I was, I was thinking about myself. I had selfish thoughts like, she's ruining the vibe. This is making me look uncool. It's not really helping the music scene the way that I intended. She finished her song. I wasn't even paying attention to her melodies, to her lyrics. I, c- I couldn't pay attention because I was uh, obsessively thinking over how it was detracting from what I wanted, what I was hoping to get out of it. And there was a rapper sitting next to me. 
he he writes music that's you know pretty hard you know pretty not sensitive necessarily <laughs> not uh doesn't typically write vulnerable music we'll just say that and and he spoke up the one one of the only times he ever spoke up during these open mic nights cuz he came every once in a while and he said I don't know if I've ever said this before but in this moment right now that song just changed my life and then and then in that brief moment there's a new feeling that swept over me a feeling of of guilt for not being able to listen to that singer-songwriter, a feeling of understanding, of love, of acceptance, of empathy, that something that I thought was so stupid to me changed the life of another person that I thought, I judged and said, I thought maybe that their lives, they wouldn't want to change their lives. They're not vulnerable enough. They're not into that sort of stuff. He's just a hardcore rapper. He doesn't like that sort of stuff. Changed my life, man. Changed my life. I will never forget that moment. I still don't remember what her song was about. I don't remember her lyrics. But the fact that she was brave enough to go to the studio to perform a song, and she was very insecure about it, changed that man's life right next to me. And I was blinded by a lack of empathy, by a lack of understanding, by selfishness. There are many, many listeners right now, artists in the world, that write songs to nobody but themselves, maybe not even their family or their friends. They don't even write it for social media. But they cry, they yell, they, they are sincere, they're honest. You need to, every artist here, you need to release your music. You need to be in an uncomfortable situation and allow your expression to change the lives of those who are desperately in need for change. Sometimes it is not the song or the lyrics. Sometimes it is just your bravery of doing something as crazy as being on a stage performing for people that you don't know. Sometimes it's something as crazy as just releasing a song on SoundCloud with no expectation of ever being heard. You can change a man's life. Change a person's life. You can. And who are you to deny? Who are you to deny another, to change another person's life by withholding your art? with your expression. Who are you to be so selfish to say that you are not good enough and you don't feel confident enough to disallow someone else who needs your words? Who are you to prevent someone else from healing? Uh, thank you so much for sticking around this crazy ride. Uh, there's, there's a lot more. I think that this is a, a topic that we can go deeper in. Thank you so much for listening. This is, we used to do a lot more episodes like this, just more thoughtful episodes like this.
back in the day before we, we start doing technical tips. If you like this sort of content, please let me know. If you like this sort of content, you know, hit us up on Discord, DM me on Instagram, uh, email me, get in touch with me somehow because uh, I'm doing what is best for the podcast. And to be honest, when, every time we talk about Poltech EQs or something like that, the numbers go up. <laughs> so we're less and less motivated to do episodes like this. But I've also know that it's needed for some people. I'm sorry if I say crazy things, but at the same time, I'm not sorry. And I hope and I, I invite everybody here to say and think crazy things. Um, I'm still learning. I make mistakes. I will never judge another man for mistakes that they make. Another man or woman for the mistakes that they make. In fact, I invite everybody. If we're going to make space, safe spaces, I want to make a safe space for mistakes. That's something that we say at the studio. Safe space for mistakes. I'm not going to be that parental figure to my children that gets mad at them for making mistakes, but rather them giving them the opportunity to clean up and learn from them themselves. There's only so much that I can do. Man cannot convince man. Man can only convince themselves. That is both psychologically true and scripturally supported. So, um, on that note, um, I hope everybody has the best of days. Everybody has the healing and comfort they need. Everybody has the audacity to provoke someone. To be seen as shocking, scandalous, troublesome, problematic, provocative, and dangerous. I, I, I wish upon you the confidence and the bravery to be able to do something like that. And on that note, I say happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.